Repeat the Sounding Joy, a daily Advent devotional on Luke, chapters 1 and 2, written by Christopher Ashe and read by members of Crescent Church. Today's reading for the 14th of December 2019 is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went up to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. The Shadow of the Cross Few things have caught our collective imagination more vividly than these traditional words. There was no room for them in the inn. Crib scenes all over the world show the infant Jesus lying in a manger, under the rough roof of a stable, with farm animals in attendance. And in the background we might imagine a choir of small children singing, Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the night sky looked down where he lay, almost in the open air. The little Lord Jesus asleep in the hay. The cattle are lowing. But while it all seems very sweet, there's a problem with the facts, with the reason behind them, and with why they matter. So far as the facts are concerned, and one feels like a party pooper in saying this, the word traditionally translated in more likely means something like guest room. And while the manger really does mean an animal's feeding trough, there is no evidence that animals were present at Jesus' birth. They may have been, or they may not. But there is something so simple about Luke's description. Mary's time came, she gave birth, and what pain and courage are represented in those three words. And she wrapped her son in swaddling clothes and placed him in an animal's feeding trough. Although our crib scenes add imaginative details, the picture of a scene of simplicity and poverty is right. But what does it mean to say that there was no guest room available for them? After all, in most half-decent societies, all sorts of people would make space for a pregnant woman about to give birth. So why didn't these people? Why in Bethlehem did no one take pity on Mary so that she might give birth with some privacy and safety? We don't know. Maybe the people in Bethlehem were a deeply and universally uncaring and heartless crowd. That's possible. Or perhaps more likely, it might be that some word of the unusual circumstances of the pregnancy had gone around. The whisper that this young pregnant woman had got into that condition before marriage to her respectable fiancé, Joseph. Maybe this is why Mary was, rather literally, frozen out of Bethlehem society. Certainly, three decades or so later, in Jesus' adult life, people still made pointed comments hinting at his scandalous origins. We are not illegitimate children, they protested to Jesus, with perhaps a sneer and the unspoken words, not like you. The virgin conception of Jesus is a wonderful thing, but for Mary just then, 
and for Mary and Jesus thereafter, it was more likely to be understood as a scandal. Whatever the reason, and we cannot know for sure, we should meditate on the significance of what happened. Right at the very beginning of Jesus' life on earth, from the moment of his birth, the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head, nowhere decent and comfortable at least. From his first breath, with only an animal's feeding trough for a bed, to his last breath, naked and disgraced, in agony on a Roman cross, the Son of God knew what it was to become very, very poor. And why? So that we, through his poverty, might become rich. The Lord Jesus was poor for us, marginalised for us, excluded for us, frozen out of polite society for us. And by his obedient, costly life and his obedient, sin-bearing death, we are made unimaginably rich. And yet he calls us to take up our cross daily. We ought not, we must not contrive a life that is more comfortable than our Saviour's, even at Christmas time. So what would it look like for you to take up your cross today? Perhaps you will invite a neighbour to a Christmas service, knowing you risk their painful rejection. Or you'll avoid excess at a Christmas party even though others laugh at you. Or you will speak of Jesus with unbelieving family members, even though you know it will be awkward. When you experience just a little painful exclusion, take heart as you remember that this was the experience of Jesus from the first seconds of his life on earth.